Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Welcome back. It's good to be back. How's the job going? Uh, very stressful. Uh, feel like I uh, am starting school all over again, basically. Aww. So I'm learning lots of new tricks. And uh, no, it's good fun. It's good fun. But it's going to take me a while to get into the swing of things. Of but course. no, I, I obviously missed last week. And uh, thank you to uh, Peter Lohman friend of the show for stepping in and uh, I enjoyed listening to that Sterling job he did, he did. Uh, last week uh, right a couple of games for us to reflect on this week Derby first of all second half was better we'll come to that um, first half what was going on well I at the time actually thought in that opening five six minutes that they started off alright and then they were bang unlucky with the deflected goal. Not a lot they could have done there. I suppose there are arguments that maybe, I think it was Kieran Lee, Tom Lees perhaps could have closed Lawrence down. And you know how lethal Lawrence is from long range. So I, I, I do see that side of the argument a little bit. But yeah, Cameron Dawson, I, you couldn't fault him for that. And unfortunately, it's what we've seen, isn't it, with the team, that there's that fragility there and that confidence is low. They didn't react properly. And that, yeah, that 23-minute period it was that Derby scored three times, I just think that it was sort of mental capitulation, really, and almost it felt like white flags had been raised and that that's what I thought was really worrying, that unfortunately we've seen that a few too many times especially at home in the last couple of months yeah when it sinks it sinks right to the yeah. bottom doesn't it and and um there's a way to lose a football match and that wasn't it yeah and it was over after half an hour up to ask, i know we'll come on to the second half in a bit but let's face facts that the game was done yeah. after 30 minutes and that derby in the second half they just all they had to do was sit on the lead and they sat back and invited Wednesday to come on to them and play on the break, and they could still have scored more goals. It kind of feels like it's a bit wrong to pick on any individuals for that um, period during the first half, uh, because I don't think anyone came out of it with any particular credit, uh, but Tom Lees did look particularly shaky, and there, there were a couple of very key errors there that from one of your senior players... And it does feel like we're we're just you know we could just kind of rewind the tape from a few weeks ago and just press play again because this situation seems to be coming around week after week after week with senior players making errors and just not stepping up when they need to. Well, I think you're being kind with shaky. That's not how I would describe it. Well, it was he awful, had a stinker. Wasn't it? He had a, that it first really half. Did. That's maybe as bad as I've ever seen Tom Lee's play in a Wednesday shirt. Uh, you know, the, for the second goal, and then there was that moment in the uh, in the first half when they're three and up, and he's controlled the ball, and, and their man's gone through. He got back in time to make the tackle, but you're thinking it could have been worse. But, yeah, I think it's unfair to just single out Tom Lees. You had Kadeem Harris giving the ball away in the build-up to the third. Uh, he was hooked before Tom Lees. Uh, and actually, that reminds me of a, a point that I do want to bring up, and, and I wrote about this week, actually, in one of my pieces, that where I do think criticism can be levelled at Gary Monk right now is over-substitutions. 
I think in that match on Saturday, he should have. I I would have changed it when it was two 0 or maybe even when it was one 0 I don't know, but I I think he should have been more proactive rather than reactive. Taking off Kadeem Harris when it was three 0 and then making another double substitution at half time. I think you know, we saw something similar. Was it the Blackburn home match as well, where they've won five nil? It had passed uh, the point of uh, no return. Yes. certainly. Yeah. So I, I, I'm hoping and would like to think that Gary Monk will learn from that. Where I, I just think that he left it too late, really, to change things, whether it's personnel or tactically, and he did in the second half, but the damage had already been done. It, it's kind of like it's 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 damning on the team the fact that we're making a substitution after what was Kareem Harris thirty eight thirty nine minutes. The game's already gone by that point, and you sort of think it's it's you're right. It's it's too late, but it's also I, I don't understand what the point is. Like, what what are we are we going to get back in the game at three nil down? Um, and also, it's the message you're sending out to those senior players. You know, Kareem Harris and Tom Lees. What's that going to do for their confidence? It's not going to help them. But then, at the same time, you've got to make a stand, haven't you? I think fundamentally, the senior players, what you were saying there, they're the ones who I'm putting a lot of the blame on at the minute. They're making too many mistakes week in, week out, and we've seen it throughout 2020. I don't think Gary Monk has always done things... Or has necessarily helped himself with some of his decision making, but it comes back to what we have discussed loads that the players have to take more responsibility. The the way that I kind of see the situation for Gary Monk right now is um, he's is it, I don't know if I interpret this as he's kind of made a rod for his own back or or how I quite see it, but there's obviously some players that aren't involved. There's some players who are either out of form or for whatever reason it's just not happening for them. He's he's kind of running out of players now because, you know, we've seen it jumping ahead a little bit here, pulled Julian Burner off at half time against Man City, pulling Tom Lees off half time against Derby. So that's two games in a week where we've pulled a central defender off at half time. I I have not known any of the details on either of them, whether it was just form related or whether there was other stuff going on, but they Burner both had was an injury, yeah. Right, okay. Well I you know, he'd had a stinking first half as well, hadn't he, against Man City so two players who not had good halves that that, that are pulled off uh, and it just feels like a mess it feels like he's no closer to knowing what his best team is and, and it's kind of crazy that we're saying that now but also with such limited options and, and it means that you know that player that was out of form so got whipped off at half time in that game is then going to bring him on at half time in this game because he's the only defender that we've got left um, it just feels just a right old mess that there's been too much chopping and changing. It doesn't help Gary Monk that there's no transfer window to work in, so it's not as if he can wheel and deal and get fresh personal in personnel in from elsewhere. So he has to make do with what he's got. And I think you're absolutely bang on, aren't you? That there's so many players out of form, and then you've got the players he's ostracised. Uh, and, and you look at it, we obviously focus a lot on Sam Hutchinson, Kevin Westwood, but even David Bates right now, he has made him at Wednesday an under-23s player. That's where he said, that's the level you're playing at here, and he's never played under Gary Monk. 
and, and doesn't look like he's going to. And you're thinking to yourself, well, if, if Julian Berner is now out for a period of time, uh, and then what happens if Tom Lees or Dominic Iorfa picks up an injury? What, what are you going to do then? Like, you're thinking centre-half cover, and Wednesday we're seeing our playing three at the back at the moment, so you'd rather have three recognised centre-backs in that position. So I, I, I'm with you, really, that he has created it a little bit himself by going down the Jos Lukai route of exiling these players. We used to look at it and think, you know, we've we've had a, a fairly, shall we say, swelled squad for a while. You know, it's been quite plump. There's there's certainly been numbers in the squad, but there's so many now that are involved for one reason or another. You know, defensively, you'd say, well, David Bates obviously is a centre-half. Sam Hutchinson can play centre-half. Not getting into the whys and whats of, of why either of them are, uh, are involved or not involved, but... It does f- just feel like something's got to give. You know, we, we are at some point going to run out of players. Do we end up with a player from the academy coming into the first team? We obviously sold Jordan Thornley as well, who right now would actually be in with a decent chance of getting a game. It's just running out. I don't, I don't know what, what comes next. I, th- I think Wednesday, looking at the midfield from the Derby game, uh, it, where... You guys, last week on the pod, you and Peter, and I agreed with you, I thought the balance looked better. It really didn't. It really didn't against Derby. It didn't work. Uh, and we've seen it before, isn't it, where we do look at it and think that the combination of Barry Bannon, Kieran Lee, at times, it looks too lightweight. They got outnumbered by Derby with the system that they were playing. Wayne Rooney had all the time in the world, didn't he? To just pick passes left, right. Wednesday didn't get close enough to him. And Lawrence, Waghorn, Martin got three assists. They tore him apart. Yeah, the, I can't argue with, with that. You know, Chris Martin had a incredible game, really. Um, but we did look... Uh, same thing again, we just looked so white, uh, what, lightweight, if I can say it. Um, and that is just coming round time and time and time again. Um and a derby, actually, I don't think were particularly spectacular. Yeah, that's what Wednesday made it worse. just just made them, and, and yeah. that bit of quality that you get from a player like Rooney was really amplified by just how ineffective pretty much everything that we did in the first half was. Let's get on to the second half because we made a couple of changes at half time. So Wickham um, and um, so Wickham, Windus, and Iorfa all together came in, didn't they? And 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 various times of the back end of the first half and at half time um, and Wednesday looked better second half now I'm I question how much of that was Derby just letting Wednesday play because they got such a big cushion they could afford to do that but in 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 all reality Wednesday certainly created enough chances to get back in the game properly we did score and and arguably that kind of gave us a little bit of impetus it never really felt like it was going to happen past a certain point of that that game because I think Derby did soak up the pressure pretty well but the chances were there they were uh, the Windass goal came too late didn't it I think it did if, yeah if that maybe come around the hour mark then yeah perhaps the comeback might have been on I think on the changes uh, Wickham in the first half he was miles better than what he was against Charlton Uh, I thought he was really off the pace uh, against Charlton Uh, so that was a a big improvement and Wickham 
with him being cup-tied for the Manchester City match, here now you would think he'd come into the forks for Brentford uh, and he'd be nice and fresh, so that's a positive. And Disso with Windass. And Windass is really knocking on the door, isn't he? When you're looking for positives right now, he's scored two goals since coming in. Great cross from Jacob Murphy, who I thought was one of the few plus points as well on the day. Um, but yeah, it's very difficult for me really to gauge how good Wednesday were in the second half uh, or whether it was Derby taking their foot off the gas. And yeah. I think it was probably somewhere in, you know, in between. Yeah, probably so. There's no doubt that Wednesday were more balanced. They seemed a little bit more in control of of of, of whatever the game plan was in the second half. They, they just seemed to understand it better and, and played a little bit more as a collective, which was really lacking in the first half. And that's another theme that is coming back time and time again when we when we don't seem to understand the game plan or the players don't don't kind of play as a collective, we we just get picked off and, and that's coming around time and time again. Um, right, let's move on to the Man City game. Or any other points about the uh, the Derby game that you wanted to make? Uh, no, I think that we pretty much covered it. I, I offer uh, was very good at when yes. he came on, yes. It was. Uh, and you just knew it was a no-brainer that after that performance and the reaction he's shown to being dropped and left out was going to come in yeah. uh, for Manchester City. But yeah, there were a number of other interesting changes and one for City that we've no doubt caught both of our eyes really and that was in goal wasn't it well yeah so uh, what is 18 months since we've seen Joe Wildsmith kind of I mean he's been on the bench quite a bit but almost the forgotten man of uh, of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club in a lot of ways um, so yeah interesting for him to come in I've kind of made a, a list of some of the positives to kind of start with first. And let's start with Joe Wildsmith because there were some good saves there. It was actually just good to see him back out on a football pitch and a reminder as to, you know, what he can do, uh, the things that he's good at. You know, you could see that he was a little bit more vocal with his defenders than perhaps Cameron Dawson is. Um, at times, his distribution was better. I think at times it was also a little bit lacking. Um, moment quite late on in the game where he just threw the ball straight out for a throw in when it was one of our last kind of chances to, to kind of get back into it but you know all, all things considered alright from, from Wildsmith yeah very much so uh, and the biggest thing of all and what he gets paid and judged on is uh, shot stopping and uh, in the first half that's where you have to give Wednesday a lot of credit for the setup. we may come on in a bit to uh, was it too much of parking the bus? Uh, was it too negative approach? Uh, should Wednesday have shown more ambition? But sticking with Wildsmith, I think, for a moment, at the yeah, second half, had it not been for him, City would have won by a far greater margin. Uh, but I suppose on the negative, should he have kept it out? the Aguero winner probably I think he, he think he'll look back on that and he'd be disappointed really get such a strong fist to it but uh, rather than sort of parry it away uh, it had too much power on it and uh, he couldn't keep it out in the end but yeah great to see him back uh, and, and he's a really good character uh, is, is Joe so I uh, it, it was it was lovely to see him back and he didn't look that rusty for me I thought he came in uh, and he, he'd never have known that he'd not played since August 2018 
uh, for Wednesday. I hope it does wonders for his confidence because he he he's just looked a bit down for a while. Um, you know, he looks like a, a, a I'm not going to say like a broken guy, but obviously, you know, his career from such a great star has mm. just absolutely just completely hit the bricks. So um, we well, had absolutely he, no he, luck, did he, with the injury in the summer to get no. such a serious knee problem that kept him out for basically the best part of six months, and he's had to fight his way back from that. And we forget that Wednesday, I can't, I don't know how many years ago it was, but they tied him down to a five-year contract with Joe Wildsmith. So they put a lot of faith in Joe. Um, and right now he's the number two, but then I think he's state to claim, hasn't he? And and this is going to be an interesting selection for... It really is. There is, there is, you know, real kind of, you know, pros for, for both of them, really. But um, we'll come back on to that. Uh, other positives then. Well, Dominic Ioffe, we mentioned having a good second half against Derby. Um, I thought he looked back to his best. Um, there was still the, the odd moment where he does that, th- those things that make us nervous and you think actually is he a good footballer or does he just get the the run of the ball sometimes I think there's a point that he stood on the ball and managed to get away with it uh, but I think that is part of Iorfa's, um game he seemed to have a real kind of determination about him I think he wanted to just take that game by the scruff of the neck one-handed and just kind of drive the entire team forward so uh, very impressed with him uh, I actually thought Liam Palmer had a decent game as well he did um, and looked, uh, on the right hand side right. of a three-man defence yeah. and so the last two matches he's filled in there yeah. and I think he's been steady and do you know what it's that extra pace and athleticism that Palmer brings to the defence and we know that with Tom Lees and Julian Burner that those that's the weaknesses really in their game or where you think you know you don't want them uh, to be put in a position where they get isolated uh, and so I think when you have a three-man defence and you and two of them a Liam Palmer and I offer then you, you've got lots of speed on the ground there uh, so I think it did it did certainly help against City uh, from that point of view but yeah I, I thought Palmer was solid uh, I, I actually got a bit stick that I thought I gave the man of the match for me the pick of the bunch was Wildsmith over Iorfa uh, I'd knocked a mark off for Iorfa for the fact that he uh, did actually play Aguero and put him on side Although VAR, interesting, probably would have ruled that out. But I, I would oh, say that I, it's harsh, it, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was... Uh, I, I've got to stand by my guns. I hate these, like, millimetre yeah. VAR decisions. So, for me, it's it's a goal and it's fair. Well, that's why I'm just so happy that we don't have this problem in the Championship yeah. and we can carry on... Uh, without it for yeah. as long as possible hopefully yeah, yeah. Um, other performances we didn't see a lot of him came on quite late on but Alex Hunt um, I mean this is a, you know coming on against the Premier League champions in a game that's live on not live on Sky live on terrestrial TV anyone pretty much in, in the entire country can uh, can watch this um, and I thought he looked really steady and didn't look remotely overawed by the occasion some real kind of key moments of quality from him and um, uh, really interesting to get a look at not just what he can do, but the mentality of the lad. Yeah, and we've actually seen different facets to his game, I, I think, really, that 
off the ball QPR when he came on in the last round. I think the defensive side uh, was what stood out for me. And then against City, I think that we saw a little bit more of his ability on the ball and what he can do. And that was a wonderful delivery for yep. uh, where Stephen Fletcher were thinking was going to get on the end of it at the back post, but he was stretching and sliding in, couldn't quite get there. Uh, but yeah, I, very bright performance from Alex Hun. And in all honesty, I thought in that half an hour he was on the pitch, uh, he showed up, Kieran Lee, and particularly poor old Jerry po- Jerry Pelly Pessy. Um, he's, he's on my negative list, by the yeah, way. You might be surprised. I, well, I, I thought I'd beat you to it. <laughs> um, you're desperate to get on to Jerry, so uh, yeah, I, I thought a bit, I'd pip you to it. But yeah, I, I thought Hunt uh, really did himself a, a power of good, absolutely against City. Um, another positive really is that I thought the scoreline was respectable um, we might have got a little bit a little a little bit of luck at times um, but overall I think before the game if you said look you're going to lose the game but it's only going to be 1-0 you go alright you know that's that's not embarrassing and I think some of us were braced for what could have been a really you know really dire evening um, the scoreline was respectable <laughs> And that's kind of that's that's my sort of positives list. That's not to say that there were players that were terrible, no. um, but you know there um, there, there were you know a few players that just were just kind of there. Most Wednesday nights, if you'd asked them before the City tie, would you have taken a one 0 score line? I'm pretty sure they would have snapped your hat. That's awful, isn't it? It it, Yeah, but the reality is that they, on the pitch the other night, had, what was it, five players or more who've cost £50 each. So that's what you're up against. uh, And a Wednesday team that has, I don't know, what, five million, six million, maybe? So... It's a different... It's golfing class is enormous. Um, do you think Wednesday went about it the right way or would you have liked them to have been a bit more on the front foot and giving it a go? My issue with it was that I could kind of see the logic in you know holding City for as long as possible. But then you've then got to follow that through with the second part of that game plan, which is at a certain point you've got to go, right, now we've got to create some chances. Uh, and that sort of came there was a chance for Fletcher there was a chance for Tom Lees both of whom just kind of missed their their cues uh, but that was sort of it really there wasn't it just didn't it didn't come did it and and I, if you're going to play that kind of tactic of just trying to keep a team at bay for so long you've then once it gets to that kind of 75 minute mark or whatever it is preferably a bit earlier than that then you've got to kind of start turning the heat up a little bit and we I don't know whether we just didn't do that or whether City kind of saw it coming and just didn't allow us because times during that second half, we we just could not keep hold of the ball. It was not happening in the slightest. And um, I, I think as much as the scoreline was respectable, parts of that second half performance probably a little bit embarrassing and that's not to say that the, the, the Wednesday players that were absolutely shocking or anything, that was just, it was men against boys at times. No, Wednesday's players... You can't fault the commitment, the desire. We've accused them of that in the past, but they gave it everything for me. Um, They left everything out there on the pitch. They did. 
But yeah, the reality is City are just so good. The second in the table. They've won the Carabao Cup. I think under Pep Guardiola, they've won six, seven trophies in the last four seasons. They've been the dominant force of English football over the last decade. And whatever team he was going to play was going to be ridiculously strong. Uh, and it was, you know, when we see Mares, Jesus and Aguero up top, you're fearing the worst, aren't you? And you're thinking this is going to be a long old evening. And Wednesday, yeah, they set up to contain. And I think on the whole, they they did that. Uh, we saw Mares come into it in the second half. But when you've got so many gifted individual footballers like City have, I, I think it's almost impossible to keep them all quiet. Uh, you know, on one night, really. You know, you need everything to go your, your way. So, it's, yeah, of course, disappointing for Wednesday not to actually register a shot on target at home uh, is never a good thing. Uh, and we shouldn't really be basking in the glory of a 1 0 defeat and going no. out of the cup. Um, but I think we have to be realistic and, 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 the, okay. and just accept that City are one of the best teams not only in England but in Europe flip side of that then would would I have preferred to see Wednesday go out and just give it a go and if we ended up getting caught on the break a couple of times and lose the game 2 or 3-0 but feel like we gave it a go would I have been happy with that I think and and that that is a it's kind of a rhetorical question Mm -hmm. because what do I realistically and and Gary Monk actually kind of talked about this before the game in terms of you know it's a obviously it was about trying to get a result but also it was about trying to secure some positives that we could actually take into the league because that's what matters um would am I bothered that we're out of the FA Cup not really would I prefer to as have won yeah I guess so but um do I take positives from that performance into the league now yeah, I think I do in terms of the fact that it showed that defensively we can get it right and we can be resolute when we want to and when we're on the ball. If it takes us to play against the the champions of England for us to keep those concentration levels right through the game, that's a, a bit of a worry because we, you know, we've now th- there's no point us putting in that kind of defensive performance and keeping City at, at bay for for such a long period of the game. If we go and concede three at, at Brentford, we've got to be able to transfer it from one to the other so actually if we'd have had a go and kind of treated it as a one-off uh, and had a go and lost two or three nil and we go away thinking at least we had a go would I have taken more positives of that from that into the Brentford game I'm not sure because I wouldn't want us to go to Brentford and just go gung-ho and think well let's have a go because we've got to get the tactics right on Saturday now yeah. so um, I think there's probably more positives to take from what was actually probably a negative kind of setup and a negative performance yeah. because realistically that's where we are right now we have to stop conceding stupid goals yeah. more than anything else that, that's the big yeah, we've point. got to score more but we've got the players that can score goals and we've got to be confident that that can happen but there's no point in scoring two if we're going to concede four you know we we have to get that bit at the back of the 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 pitch right um and that is where the positives came from and we have got to take those i agree and wednesday have been in the last two months letting in too many soft goals and so it was a case of trying to tie it and up and shore things up at the back. Uh, and uh, City was that sort of opportunity, really. Uh, and I, I think that Wednesday, 
in that shape and defensive structure. We've questioned the 5-3-2 or playing the 5 away at Luton and Birmingham, but it, it worked a lot better. But the but we, we knew that City were going to dominate the ball and they had 80% of it. Uh, so I, I think it was a tough one. Gary Monk was on a hiding to nothing, really, with this. I, I, in that he could have gone the gung-ho approach uh, and if Wednesday had uh, had lost 5-0 at home and he tried to give it a go and play nice, attractive, expansive football, he would have got criticised for that. As it happens, he's got a bit of criticism in some quarters for not going for it more and, and trying to be on the front foot. But I, I think, bearing in mind the run Wednesday's been on, two wins in the last 13 league matches that I, I think the last thing they needed was to be disgraced on national television or to get hammered I don't think that would have done their belief any good whatsoever going into some really tough fixtures in the championship which is the bread and butter yeah you know Brentford are not as good as Man City um, so as much as we realistically we had no goal threat at all, did we? Against City, it just wasn't there. Uh, you would think that it, it we we should stand a chance of having a better goal threat against Brentford. You know they don't have as good defenders, uh, they don't have players that are as good on the ball and as confident on the ball as Man City have. So you know you've you've got to kind of take the positives from that City performance, apply them on Saturday, um, and hope that the there's some things that just fall into place and 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 that is. Yeah, kind of what what we take from that city game. O- on the negative side of things, um, obviously Julian Burner did have a bit of a stinking first half. Now, if he was injured, fair enough. I wonder whether he was ill because it seemed to be his brain that was making the mistakes rather than anything. His positioning was was off at times. He just seemed to be just getting uh, decisions wrong and, and quite consistently wrong. So if he's if he's carrying a knock, carrying an injury or whatever, fair enough. I think he may have picked up the knock during the half but yeah I, I certainly no. felt no. uncomfortable when he was on the ball at times and he was trying for me to take too many risks and you can't do that not when City press so high and impacts like that I'd rather you clear, the, clear your eyes yeah. every time uh, he, he looked miles out of his depth and he looked like he was trying to do things that when not only were they not going to work, but City were going to very quickly figure him out and think every time this got the, this guy's got the ball, two or three players close him down, and you'll you'll you'll, you'll get the mistake. It, it will happen. So it was probably as well that he uh, that he went off when when he did. Um, Joey Pellipesi, I thought, was really ineffective um, for him. A, I, no, I think let's not just say it was Pellipesi. I, I thought Kieran Lee was too before he went off with an injury. That yeah, Kieran Lee, I. I, I thought there were some encouraging signs from Birmingham and Charlton and now in the last two matches um, I'm afraid he's, it's it's the one step forward and two steps back yeah with it's a shame the, isn't it because yeah. we no consistency see, there the great thing about Kieran Lee was always his consistency you know he, he would put in that steady you know 7-8 out of 10 performance game after game after game uh, this Kieran Lee that we're seeing that is so up and down uh, that just drifts out of games for huge long periods not something that we're used to no we're not and I think it's it's maybe 
reached the point of where Kieran Lee in his early 30s, we maybe put him in the same category, I think, as Fernando Forestieri, where you look at, is he capable of playing at a really high level in a three-game week? And, I, and I'm not so sure he can. Maybe you see the the best Kieran Lee on a Saturday and then in a midweek, but he have a dip on the, the following Saturday, if you see what I mean. So I coming back to the point of consistency, I, I sort of feel that that's where we're at with him. And it, do you know what? We're singling out Lee and Pelly Pessi midfield um, and we're focusing on them. And it's because the fact is that Wednesday are badly missing Massimo Luongo in midfield. There is no getting away from that. They are. Uh, and if he was fit right now, he'd walk straight back into this team. They they miss everything that Luongo offers. Uh, and he's also not played now for a long time since he got sent off harshly against Blackburn. Jokes about it at the time, the most Sheffield Wednesday thing ever, a player gets sent off, we win the appeal, and then he's injured for those three games. He's still injured now, and, and it's been a long time. And um, But he is back in full training, so right, that's okay. at least a positive. But you can I, I worry about, about Longer, you know, because of this. Um, he's had two or three injuries this, this season in, in his time with Wednesday, and, you know, we've, we've seen um, Gary Monk talk publicly about certain players that, he doesn't feel he can include in the setup because they're just not around enough. Luongo's got to be at risk of falling into that category right now because he's been in and out and and just his fitness hasn't been there. I we think, need a good I think run it's from him too when early it comes back. to say that. The point that Gary Monk was making on reliability was in relation to Hutchinson and Westwood, and I do think they're fair points. We've seen that over the years, the track record of matches they miss and can you build a team around them. Uh, and so I, I do think that's justified with them. I think it's way too early to be saying that just yet about Luongu, who still has played over 20 times this season, but has only started around nine, I think, nine or ten in the league. So, yeah, for Wednesday, they, they need to get him out there uh, and it it's the creativity, the drive, the aggression, the dynamism, everything he brings uh, is what Wednesday are lacking in midfield. Although I thought we did see a little bit of a return to form from Barry Bannon um, for the City match. So we now it's the same old point that we're making about the entire team pretty much is that don't think you've done well in turning up for City. You've now got to do it for Brentford and Forest the week after and Bristol City and West Brom. We need four big performances from the entire team if Wednesday are going to get some points from teams who are fighting for promotion. It's a stinky run of fixtures, that, and it? it really is it's so bad. Uh, right, then, let's see the thoughts of uh, Gary Monk here. He's reflecting on the Man City game. Yeah, I believe before the game. Um, look, we understood how hard this game was going to be and what Man City forced you into. Um, we had planned for that. I think you could see um, what we were trying to do. You can go two ways. You can either go all out trying to press them, but they had the quality to beat you and leave a lot of space for them. And then you 
they also have the quality to force you to defend and um, and still beat you in that way. But I thought, um, in terms of the game plan we had, the competitiveness of what we needed to do, the organisation, concentration, the players did exactly what I asked them to do and um, and delivered it uh, at a very good level. And um, we tried to near the end. You know, I was a bit unfortunate where we were forced to make some early substitutions, um, a few some injuries, which kind of didn't help towards the latter stages. The plan was to get to the latter stages intact or within the game and, and freshen it up and maybe make a few tweaks and see if we could have a, a real good go. We tried to do that, you could see it, but there was a few tired legs to, to try and sustain that. But um, overall, disappointed to to lose the game, especially on a, on a goal that should have been offside. Um, we rather would have lost it to a goal that was more legitimate, but um, look, that's not to take away from Man City, they're fantastic. And, um, difficult game for us but I thought we stuck to everything that we needed to do and and yeah um, overall disappointed with the result but very pleased with the the level of commitment and, and performance that we we took against a very good side I don't think it it tilts in the side of a Premier League side or anything like that it could have been us that had a goal like that but um, what's strange about it is, is having VAR in some games and or some stadiums and not that doesn't seem quite right but um, it is what it is I'm not complaining about that it is what it is I'm just saying we're rather if, if we were going to concede a goal it would have been nice to have you know, conceded a legitimate one but credit to them they're a fantastic team we know how difficult it is we had to make some good saves and last ditch tackles and all those things especially in the second half um, but we stuck to it and in terms of game plan I've said it all along when these players follow the game plan and do it with that level of commitment and attitude that was the reason why we were third at Christmas you know we've come off that in the last 10 games or so um, but we need to get back to that and tonight hopefully it gives the players the confidence you know, to go and do that in these remaining games that's what we need to do well, we've touched on it a bit. Attention now turns to the uh, Brentford game on uh, Saturday. So, look, it's not been a great week in in the sense that Wednesday have lost two games, right? We lost quite badly against Derby, although some positives from the second half performance. We lost against Man City, but some positives from the defensive performance. We need these pieces now to fall into place because we're kind of running out of time to just think it's it'll happen next game, it'll happen next game. Wednesday have to turn this around we've performed quite badly against teams that we should have done much better against in the last few weeks so we've we've got to run a fixtures coming up now against decent teams in the championship if we can turn it on defensively against man city we've we've now got to be able to turn it on in against um you know the higher profile championship teams i suppose what we've got to look at and hang our hats on a little bit is that when they have performed better against some of the bigger teams this season. So they beat Brentford at home. They won at Forest. They should have got a result at West Brom. So there's you know there are three they drew with Leeds uh at home and won away at Leeds. So Wednesday uh, when you're clutching for positives maybe in this difficult period, that's what Wednesday I've got to be looking at and hoping that they can replicate those levels of performance over the coming weeks how would you go about this Brentford game then let's start with the defense well, going, or you, system you, what about well I yeah. think I think they go with the five I think they have to I think we've seen an improvement certainly defensively they've only 
ships in one goal now in a match and a half <laughs> so that's progress it's going back to basics isn't it so uh, I think that we, we have to we have to start really right down at the bottom at the moment <laughs> I mean, it's a low base but, but when you're on the slide and the, the run that Wednesday have been on since Christmas I, I don't really <laughs> I don't really think they can do anything else other than that and that's what Monk built the success in the early part of his reign on the solid defensive foundations so there seems to be a little bit more solidity from the Derby second half and City so I think you have to play a five man defence and it's just who you go with well let's let's look at that so um, uh, let's assume that Julian Burner is going to be injured shall we Um, so uh, Tom Lees and Dominic Ioffa, I guess, are fairly dead certs to start. Um, are you going with Liam Palmer in the in the centre? I think I would. I think I'd go with the same back five uh, that finished City, uh, assuming that Burner's not going to be fit. Who's go? Who's in goal? Well, I was going to come to that last. Oh, okay, right. We save the best till last. Midfield for me, Bannon. Mm-hmm. Kieran Lee, I suspect, won't be ready. Right. So I'm going to go for Pelly Pessy, controversially, right. and Hunt. I'm go- I would give okay. Hunt, Alex Hunt his league debut. Uh, I feel, I feel like this debut. is about the, th- the, th- the third or fourth time even that we've actually said, yeah, let's give Hunt his debut, and it's not happened yet. But I think we don't have a lot of options. Yeah, no, they don't, and this is this is what we're looking at. You know, in that formation, and you you scratching around for central midfielders with uh, the Hutchinson situation, the Wongu injured. This is what Wednesday have. This is all they've got left to play with. And when a manager bigs up a player like Gary Monk did post City when discussing Alex Hunt and. You know, saying that he's got a very bright future ahead of him, and he, that you know he's highly rated. To me, that suggests that he, he's on the brink of starting. But what a test that would be for him to throw him in at Brentford, who are fifth in the league, uh, and at their tight, in, it can be quite intimidating. That little that, that ground, they, um, they they don't half generate a racket. And they've been so strong at home at Brentford. They've only lost three times this season. So it, it just shows you the tough assignment that this is going to be for Wednesday. I've got one issue with Alex Hunt, by the way, which is the fact that it looks like he's about eight. Like he needs to grow a moustache or something, or, or just buy a fake one, something that just adds a few years onto him. It just looks like there's no yeah. way that this guy's going to be any good at playing football. He's too young. It's a, it's a very boyish looking yeah, face he's got. You're right. I think that will come with time I think he needs a few more appearances under his belt and then uh, he'll probably get some new football boots that'll be <laughs> brightly bright colours or whatever or yeah get some sort of facial hair just to appease you James yes uh, right what about in attack then because you would think I mean Windass has staked a pretty good claim uh, well yeah with the, with the goal uh, Wickham looked better I, I think fresher. It's, it's Windass and Fletcher for me right. as, as the two with Fletcher not starting, have seen them together before. Uh, I don't think we have, okay. uh, and I know you've had your reservations in the past about Fletcher and Wickham as a pairing. Um, 
so you, you but you could go very physical you've got Atty New you there as well you see so when's they have yeah, some let's play out you in defence uh, steady um, it hasn't quite come to that yet James not far off though. Uh, so yeah I, I would personally go with I'd like to see Windass I think Windass deserves to start uh, and yeah I'd use Wickham from off the bench and Fletcher has to play okay yeah I, I, I agree with most of that I don't know if I'd play Wickham instead of Fletcher I, I don't know whether or not... How can you not play Fletcher, really? I, I, I know it didn't happen for him in the it's derby. Al- it, but it's almost a guaranteed substitute used, isn't it, with Fletcher? Because I don't think he's ready to play 90 minutes. He, uh, lo- he uh, looks no, tired but, quite, no, quite early in games. Desperate, so desperate I, times. Uh, Wednesday needs results badly right now, don't they? for so many reasons so you, you you play your best player from the season don't you yeah you know, who's got 13 goals and has been the main man for, you you're asking Fletcher to go out there and give everything he's got for 60 to 70 minutes i i think i think i'd probably go with wickham and, and keep fletcher on the bench well, uh, that's all right but you're wrong gives you an option to uh to change it around <laughs> Like, well, I didn't expect you to agree with me because, you know, it's you. <laughs> this is how we work. Yes, that is true. Right then, let's 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 move on to the big one then. What about who is going to be lining up between the sticks? I don't actually think it's as big as maybe you're making out, but, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, uh, we, we're, we're sensationalising it a little bit. I, uh, I, I think that Monk will go back to Dawson. I probably agree. Um... It will be harsh on Wildsmith. Yeah, but I mean, it would it would kind of be harsh on Dawson, and I, I I mean, I guess really this is about whether or not goalkeeper is not a position that you tend to swap and change too much, is it? So you know, it, it's kind of who does he ultimately see as being his long term number one is is kind of what the question is here because if he sees it as being Dawson, there's really no point saying I'm going to play Wildsmith for a few games. We we achieve nothing from yeah. that. If he thinks Dawson's out of form, so I'm going to stick another goalkeeper in, then you think, well, that's kind of bad management because you've got a guy there in Dawson who's at the age where he's he's still quite susceptible, and you've you've got to manage him through difficult periods where maybe his form isn't as good as it has been at other times, or mm. where he's he's had an awful time for conceding goals, some of which have been his own fault, a lot of which have not been his fault, and he's at that really sort of susceptible age where it can sort of crush him a bit. So it's. I, I think it's a big decision. I think that if he does stick with Wildsmith, that he's making quite a statement yeah. there. And this has happened before with Gary Monk. You know, he's, he's not afraid to do stuff like that. You know, we've seen with, not. with players that he's left out that he's not afraid to make big statement decisions when he, when he needs to do it, even when actually no one's asking for him to make that decision, he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll do it. So I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think he'll bring Dawson back in yeah. my worry is if he brings Dawson back in and we do concede a few goals again what happens then because that becomes a dilemma but let's yeah. worry but about on that the flip side if you play Wildsmith you stick with him we're then in a situation where he'd be the third goalkeeper in the last four months to start for Wednesday in the championship successful teams have a permanent number one 
And so it it would be another reminder for me, really, of where Wednesday are, in that it's all a bit muddled. Yeah. And so you can, of course, talk about, yeah, you're sending out a huge statement, aren't you? Uh, if you play Wildsmith over Dawson, what's that going to do? Uh, to to Dawson, will that affect him uh, being left out again? Um, and, and Monk said that Dawson is his number one, so he'd be going back on that, wouldn't he? If he if he now plays Wildsmith in the league, but then at the same time, if Dawson, you're right, he'd actually be under a lot of pressure at the weekend. The you know, all eyes would be on him if he does make another mistake. Well, what what will Wednesday do then? You know, it would just uh, more up. questions will be thrown at Gary Monk, uh, and I I just think for me as well, if you're chopping and changing your goalkeeper, you risk destabilising the defence, and a defence that really could do with some continuity and consistency in there. So that's why I think that Dawson has played in the last three months in the league. So I think you have to play him. Okay, um, we are going to ask for your opinions on this one in our uh, in our opinions in a moment. Um, first of all, let's do last week's because obviously you weren't here, so I'd be interested in your response to this. So, your favourite cup tie involving Wednesday? Well, Arsenal is, is sort of oh, an obvious right. one. Well, sorry, well, I, thought, I thought you'd come up with something a little bit more creative no, than that, well, but I, there really isn't. No, no, there hasn't been really. Uh, the 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 two one defeat at City, where they lost in the last minute. Uh, I went. I remember going into that thinking, "Oh my word!" You know, after the seven nil yeah. thumping from three months before, that I was thinking, "Oh, let's not have another annihilation." And then Wednesday actually scored that wonderful counter-attacking goal, didn't they? With Atty knew you still watch Stevie May. Then. Great. Um, do you know what I'm very surprised no one's mentioned is the one nil away at Arsenal, which was um, a you know a great. I mean, Arsenal were terrible, but it was a great evening that um, perhaps most famous for Sergio Bush missing probably the easiest chance the professional football has ever had and managing to uh, put it against the bar Sergio Bush yeah oh yeah sorry you reminded me I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> played so few games didn't <laughs> <laughs> right then so this week we are after uh, your opinion who you think should start the game on Saturday at Brentford in goal is it Dawson or is it Joe Wildsmith? Um, so head to our Twitter page if you want to vote in that poll. Uh, you can catch Dom at Domhausen. I'm at James Marriott. Or you can contact the show at Dom and James. Thank you to our gold sponsor, Taito Law, who you can find at Taito Law or at titolaw.co.uk. That's T-Y-T-O-L-A-W.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. If you like singing the blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls and see you next week. Yeah.